Welcome to Black and Gay Back in the Day. We're bringing to life the archive of images of black LGBTQ plus life in Britain from the 1970s to the early noughties. I'm Mark Thompson. I'm an activist and health promotion specialist, and I built this archive with the journalist and writer Jason Okendaya. In this episode, we are looking at a photograph that takes us back to the buzzing club scene of the 90s. Colour photograph of two women in the DJ booth hugging each other and looking gleeful as they face the camera. There are records to the left of them and on the table in front. The woman on the left, who we know to be Marilyn Clark, is smiling, wearing a pale blue vest and short hair. Her right hand rests on some records, just next to a glass of red wine. The woman on the right, who we know to be Eileen Bailey, has afro hair and her lips are pursed. She's wearing silver hoop earrings and a long sleeve blue camo pattern top. Behind them is a purple wall. The photograph was taken by Parminda Sekon at the launch night of Precious Brown, a black queer women's club night at the Candy Bar in Soho in 1997. Soho looks mad different today than it did in the 1990s, for this episode, DJ and producer Chantel Ayana is taking us back in time and reopening those doors to the candy bar, specifically to Precious Brown, the women-centred black queer club night. So I'm opening up this photo in front of me, this picture in front of me of Ayan and Marilyn. And it's the launch night of Precious Brown at Candy Bar in 1997. I'm seeing smiling faces. I'm seeing vinyl. I'm seeing some camo, which I really like. Headphones. So I feel like this is probably yeah, in the flow of the night, maybe. Yeah, it's a wonderful photo. And it definitely brings that feeling of the glee that you feel when you've created something and that you know, you're seeing something come to life and you're just enjoying yourself. My name's Chantel. I'm a DJ and producer from South East London and my pronouns are she, her. So right now, I'm about to go to 4 Carlisle Street uh, to where Candy Bar was. Uh, and this picture would have been taken. And yeah, just have a look around at um, where this all would have been going on. This is Great Chapel Street, so we're turning onto Carlisle Street now. Um, pretty tall buildings here, and uh, yeah, it's got that proper Soho feeling, Soho Street's feeling. A little bit of bustle. We're coming up to number eight Carlisle Street, so that's eight, seven, six. So this one here must have been Candy Bar number four, the end here. Um, so number four Carlisle Street was Candy Bar um, and it's now Vanity, which is a gentleman's club. 
yeah, kind of strange. I remember actually when I was about 15, it was my first um, London Pride I tried to go to and uh, desperately wanted to go into Candy, but um, I was too young. The fact that it is now a gentleman's club versus a lesbian bar is, yeah, kind of like diametric opposites, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think it says a lot about about London and about uh, the culture and uh, and how badly it's actually kind of been preserved in a way. So right now I'm imagining what Precious Brown, uh, 1997, hosted by Aine and Marilyn, what kind of... Yeah, feeling I'd be having standing outside of here, hearing that that sound when you're just outside a venue and you hear that pulse of the bass and you're kind of you're getting excited, you're ready to kind of get inside and see who's there, see what's being played, get yourself a drink if you drink, uh, and yeah, catch a vibe. I can imagine there being a queue of of gorgeous, gorgeous black women standing outside of here, um, and yeah, just that that intensity of knowing that you're going to a space that is. Uh, pretty rare actually in, in in London and especially in that time so yeah this this is uh, where it was all happening. So hello. Hello. Ayn and Marilyn. White Chantel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the South South London girl name. South London. Um, I'm Ayn, also from South London and artist Composer DJ. I'm Marilyn. I, I'm a record collector. I won't say I'm a DJ anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> Rarely DJing these days, but definitely collecting vinyl. At the moment, I've got a photo in front of me from the launch of Precious Brown at Candy Bar in 1997, I think it was. No, I cool? think so. Yeah, yeah so. sounds about right. Sounds about so, right. So, seeing this picture, <laughs> <laughs> how did this make you feel? Like, how do you feel? Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Great yeah. memories. Yeah, great yeah, memories. Yeah. It was a good fun, night as well. Fun times. Yeah, 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 for sure. It was a night of eclectic music. Um, and it was for... It pretty much was for anybody who wanted to come. But obviously, lots of people who came were black and brown folk. But we did open it. It was open to anybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very welcome in terms of other other community open space welcome space how old were you guys in this photo roughly? Uh, <laughs> it's listed on the prompt but I was going to say I never asked but just for I have no context. idea 97 uh, I got to work <laughs> no wait wait so, so 73 83 93 30 something yeah 30 early 30s okay, cool. early 30s yeah early 30s still looking good both of you thanks thank you <laughs> so like, how did you both feel in that moment like the moment this picture was taken what was going through your minds we probably had some vodka or maybe <laughs> yeah. probably, probably had a few drinks we, yeah, look, yeah. we look very happy that was probably towards the end of the night married. right okay it may okay. have been it could have been the beginning it was either the beginning or the end yeah. I just can't remember yeah. Yeah. at which point I feel like this is like a post set or mid set picture because we do have I'd the records like out set or post set mm. yeah. we do have the records out that's what I've seen like, they look like we're in the flow yeah yeah dipping and yeah um, so the launch night, like, how did it go? Like, how did you, how did you go about securing the space? Like, how did you uh, plan who you wanted to invite? How did you do tickets? Like, how did that work then? 
How did? How, uh, were we there organised? <laughs> I think we were because we did have somebody on the door. I don't remember. And we did have flyers. We had amazing, we had amazing flyers. flyers. What were the flyers, flyers like? They were like like bookmarks, weren't they? They were like the long format, a bookmark oh, format. And we nicked images of fabulous looking women yeah. from flyers. magazines. Although okay. well, one of them was my friend. Did she? Nina did the first one where it was the drawing. Yeah, that yeah, was great. yeah, yeah. Okay. Lost them is that the all. blue? Is that the drawing that's kind of blue in the? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, there I've is a blue one. Yeah. There is a blue one. Yeah, yeah we all yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. There was a lilac one, a yeah. brown one, yeah, I think even I've an seen orange one. one. Yeah, yeah, cool. they're amazing. I really wish I had them all. I know. Me too. The whole full set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. How did Precious Brown as a name come to to fruition? I want to know. <laughs> I feel I have no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> How did we come up with Precious Brown? Question. Uh, yeah, because it feels like quite a seductive. I know. Name, I know. Like. We were kind of obviously look fine. We wanted a, a woman's. I think we were we were keen to have a woman's name, mm. but I don't know how we then decide or agreed on Precious Brown. I've, yeah. How we got to that? Because we called because. Because we didn't want it to be also, we called ourselves Two Black Girls yeah, yeah. Presents, cause okay. that, that which, was, which was a riff on, there was this other thing, Two Black Boys, and we thought, oh, we'll just need that. Two black girls. Um, <laughs> but I literally don't remember how we came. I think we wanted something just a bit, I would say odd even. Mm. So it wasn't like, you know, like, I can't remember half the club on that time, <laughs> yeah. but it just sounded a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And also because of the imagery as well, mm. I think it just tied in really nicely. I literally have no recollection of how we chose the yeah. name. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I mean, I know if, if you kind of look at it, you'd probably think, oh, you might have been influenced by black exploitation, but I don't think that don't was think what also, yeah. we were kind of yeah. looking at or even referencing as such. Mm. But, but we, but we yeah. could have also just done a mashup of names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that kind of. Do you feel like Precious Brown is a character, or or is it just the name of the night, or is it like an ethos? Like, is or how? Are... I think it was definitely an ethos. I yeah. think you knew that if you came to our club, you were not gonna get. You'd get everything, mm. and you didn't know necessarily what in what order, mm. or where it came from, mm. or who'd be spinning. Because mm. also the way that we played, we would. It was like four hours, five hours. Mm. So we'd alternate like an hour each. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't just like, oh, you know, you do the warm up, you know, and I'll do the, like, the headline yeah, set. The um, which was also a really nice way of yeah, playing. Because yeah, yeah. um, yeah. also, I think also we maybe had also slightly different um, friends who had different tastes. Taste. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where did those tastes vary across? Like, is there a spectrum of music that you kind of. I mean, I think now it's, it's, it's just. Well, I think I still don't like a lot of the music you buy, but you know, it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I still not get Paul Vella, but you know, that's. I never played any. Yeah, no, 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 I would no, not no. get on the way with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, I don't know, it's like music is so, like, it's so personal, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. But I think, you know, it, n- no, we didn't ever play anything and then the other person was like you better get that off the deck. okay okay <laughs> and also we were playing vinyl which i in back in the day and the candy but i have to say god bless them and kim lucas mm. i couldn't mix and she used to let me practice on the decks okay which is that's where i kind of started as well yeah okay, okay. candy yeah, bar was cool you know it was like i mean kim lucas i don't know what she's now but she did, it was kind of revolutionary i think for its mm. time mm. Actually, because obviously there had been like 
queer bathroom women. But I think for that one, I think it felt like also there were like lots of other black knights there. Okay. Actually. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I didn't even know that. Didn't know. Yeah, they they, they had a there was definitely R and B like with Kinky D yeah. and but there were a few. There were they let a few people do stuff there, which was really nice. And at that time was that pretty rare, like to be able to like, She didn't charge us. No? No. No, we oh. never had to play anything, no. play anything, did we? Yeah, so basically it's we like, made... They just took the bar, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just took, took, the the door. took the door. Yeah, and nice. That was, yeah, that yeah. was the arrangement. So, like, with things like flyering and stuff like that, like, how did that... Like, would you fly it? Would it be something you did in the area where Candy Bar was, or...? Yeah, around all the gay bars, because there were, like, quite a few back in the day. Yeah. yeah. First Out was always, like... One of the main ones. Um, I don't remember the other ones. For me, it was first out. First out. What kind think... of that vibe was that? Because <laughs> 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 may it rest in peace. I don't mm. want to like dishonor its of name. Course. It was kind of like I don't want to say mung beans, but it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Though it's kind yeah. of like it was vegan before the vegan. It was vegan. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It was vegan. <laughs> That's it was really true, but yeah. it was a central point. Yeah, for sure. And I think yeah. if you like, you know, like like the candy bar was like, if you were coming to London from somewhere else, then there's a place that you could go and find information. Yeah, definitely a gathering. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Good spot at Pride as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Was that in the centre of Soho or? Yes, near Giles Circus. Yeah, yeah. Road. Yeah, I think that whole building's gone now, isn't it? I think they might have made way for the extension. Yeah, station. we were up there earlier and we were taking a walk around and like, I mean, obviously I was probably out in Soho for maybe the last like 10 years. I'm 29 now, but mm. um, yeah, like the landscape has changed so much. Like yeah. so many clubs that were there are just... Yeah. yeah, it's really sanitised. Yeah, yeah, it's really horrible. Yeah. It's like yeah. super commercial. Like even yeah. when I used to go out ten years ago, like it wasn't insanely good, but yeah, yeah. it was better than what it is now for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Even the record shops have gone. Yeah, yeah. loads of them. Yeah, it's it's um. Why? Yeah, I mean Gio is Burger King of partying, really. <laughs> yeah, but it's still <laughs> a place though. It was still a place that you could go. Yeah, and it was you always get there. Like, mm. Although I remember, did, I did remember going with some friends and being asked, you know, do we know it was a gay club? And mm. they asked us if we were gay, and I was like, yeah, I'm practicing. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not as often as I'd like to. <laughs> I think there's still that way now. I think yeah. that there's a heavy emphasis on like male crowd, especially yeah. white male crowd, especially. So I feel like, um, you know, going back to obviously you guys doing Precious Brown as a night, I think that that's kind of very much carried on into. Uh, raving now is that everything's about a night because there's not really a specific place that yeah, as a venue yeah, yeah, you yeah. can go to and For sure. get what you kind of want. But so. they were more back in the day. I mean, they literally were. Like, I feel that like now, like having talking to some friends who run nights and stuff, mm. it's more like it's an itinerant thing. So mm. people don't have like mm. a solid place. All the I mean, Candy Bar did like a whole host of nights. Yeah, mm. Um, mm. there were loads. You know, yeah. even like. Daniel Vauxhall, RBT, obviously. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to ask as well, like, you know, the importance that, that you hold for black queer spaces and especially black queer spaces that are female or women focused. Um, like, how do, you, how do you feel about them? How do you feel about their presence? And do you think that 
coming from like the inception of what you guys have created I guess like do you do you feel that the baton's been passed do you feel that it's moving in the direction that you would have imagined I mean, as long as those spaces are still there. I mean, I, I'm not fully up to, you yeah. know, speed and like what's where, you know, what's happening where. But, I'm, you know, as far as I know, there are spaces for, you know, queer black women. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not obviously fully kind of cognizant of where those spaces are, mm. you know, which nights, etc. But I think, I don't think there's been a time when there hasn't been those types of spaces. They might have, you know, they might be obviously less, probably less than they were. Mm. I think, you know... Yeah, I don't know how long they even last. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It takes a lot of work. How long did we last as a couple of years? A couple of years, I think. If that. Yeah. Why? Why did? Why did that happen? Do you feel that? I think also the people stopped coming. Mm. Um, I it was don't a know. Sunday night as well. Sunday night. I you mean, know, okay. it's like we were Deadly. lucky to yeah, get yeah, yeah. people down on a Sunday. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And it was early as well. And it was, yeah, we knew. I mean, we finished by eleven, didn't we? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, I yeah. think even ten thirty. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> a, we started about four. Or five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was proper early. Yeah, but I also think there's. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there are still black queer spaces, mm. but I think they're a bit more. So they're not just women; they're trans as well. Mm. Of course, and yeah. there's just a bit more. Encompassing, encompassing, yeah. yeah. So the the clubs that I know that people go to, it's not accepting, but it's for a wider range Mm. of people. Hundred percent, right? So Mm. in terms of queer black women, I don't know that that really is a thing. Okay, queer black, yeah, for sure. Like you know, Pride was Black Pride was last weekend, weekend like twenty five thousand people. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a need for it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, definitely. Going back to like the first night that you held Precious Brown, like how many people were in attendance? Like what sort of music were you playing? What were you drinking? What did it feel like? Was there a line outside the front door? Was it friends? Was it? There's a lot of friends. Yeah. I actually have photographs. Mainly friends. I think because also one of the reasons why we we did the club was because other clubs weren't playing the music that we liked. I feel that. And the mix, the kind of eclectic mix. Yeah, I mean, of really music. eclectic. Yeah. yeah. So it was ever it was house, Latin, African, jazz, jazz hip hop, pop. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, across the board. It was yeah. It was everything. Yeah. And that must have been pretty different to what else was playing in Soho, especially at the time. And still now. And still <laughs> now, yeah. And still now. That's yeah, yeah. But also on the yeah. gay scene, particularly. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think, yeah. Because yeah. we used to rave elsewhere as well. I think on the gay scene there was not that yeah, kind of yeah exactly. Although you did do the lowdown, and that low was rider. low rider, yeah, lowdown yeah. as an old club, mm-hmm. low rider. Yeah. So that was that was to you know play all types of music you know okay. to like a queer audience because that yeah like I was saying was more you know if you're doing that house you're doing techno you're doing it was very kind of strict in yeah, terms niche, of styles yeah. of music. Whereas, like, you know, for us, we, you know, we're very, let's say, we're very eclectic. We yeah. want to play everything all at once. That's the same thing. thing I do. Yeah. yeah so it's thing. about making spaces to do that. Yeah. yeah. Queer spaces to do that. Yeah. We actually had a dancer. Yeah. Had, like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Mystique. didn't we have a sax off? Oh, we and the kids, sir. on sax as well, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah. We, we just threw, we threw the yeah. kitchen sink at that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But it was really, because like, really people were really up and for it. And we had an MC. Yeah. We had an MC. It was like, boo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. MC Chickaboo. Chickaboo. Yeah, Chickaboo. yeah. there were a lot of people up in that place. Yeah. 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 There were a lot. Yeah. 
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. With Precious Brown, you said that it went on for a few years and and two. okay, two years. That's that's technically a few. More yeah, yeah. Years. <laughs> well, one, two, a few. Yeah, yeah. Two to a few. But like, what did you take with you from the experience of Precious Brown and like you know like your your friendships, your like the kind of need to like have your people with you and be listening to music on a Sunday and having like those shared memories and laughing about stuff till next week like what did you take with you from it I think I took with me that I never want to run another club <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Phew, yeah. thanks, God, that's, that's, that's over." Oh my God, that's, that's such hard work. Um, I don't know if it took anything really. I mean, it didn't quell, quench my love for music. Mm. So we still buy vinyl. I mean, I still buy too much vinyl. Mm. But yeah, also we still gigging. I think. I mm. think here and there, I, I did a few festivals. You, you, more mm. than me. I'm yeah. very rarely, very yeah. rarely playing. Yeah, but I don't play often anymore. Yeah. But I, there was a time, and there was, I was a resident at a night called Sunny Happy Day, which had started, mm-hmm. oh, God, two, early 2000s? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, yeah. And that was that was mostly house, but again, because I can't just play straight up house, I would always Mix throw in, yeah, like throw in a jazz track, throw in yeah. a Latin track, yeah. Yeah. throw in an African track. I feel like that's definitely what people want like I don't know if that's how you felt then or whether it was a complete curveball to do that but I feel like especially now people want that excitement of hearing something different thrown in I think it was a bit of a curveball at the beginning certainly for me because I was like yeah, I, I don't know if it, you felt the same way. I mean, sometimes I feel like, oh, God, how's this going to go? How's yeah. this going to go? You <laughs> no, know, no, yeah, like, yeah. if I put this on, you know, how are people going to react yeah. to it? It was like, yeah. It, that was very true. Yeah. It, was, it definitely felt like an experiment. Itself. Yeah. Was it yeah. like quite strict with generally were places pretty strict with what they wanted you to play or how? Oh, no. That, oh, no. It wasn't, it wasn't from the venue. No, it would no, be no. Like, just the dance. Yeah, I mean, it's like the audience. Oh, okay, it's like, audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. they're coming in with certain expectations and are we kind of. You want to take them on a journey musically. You want to open people up to different kind of you know yeah, styles, yeah. etc. Yeah, you want to play what you're buying. At the end of the day, you want to hear it out in a club. Yeah, but at the same sure. time, you're like, oh, this, is, is this gonna, gonna work? this is gonna work? This is gonna clear the floor? Yeah, sometimes it did. Yeah, palate cleanser. That's all right. <laughs> Still does. Yeah, as long as it's it's good music as well. Because I mean, I feel like that's where a lot of the nights that are about today have kind of come from. Is that you know, we'd be out in Soho, you go to JY, you go to Heaven, 
those places and it's very much like after maybe a month of hearing the same rotation of music yeah, yeah. people did start to get bored and maybe a little bit destructive because you're not actually um your mind's not really being pushed with what you're listening to so i think a lot of nights did come up through mm -hmm. that because mm -hmm. we were having house parties and at house parties you heard something completely different mm -hmm. than what you heard in a club so yeah. i think it's that same kind of graduation from yeah. what you have in your home to bringing it out mm. Mm. How do you feel about this kind of like archiving process, like me talking to you both and speaking about um, the night and progression and what it, what it means, what spaces mean? Well, I love archiving. Mm. I love art. I have a friend who's an archivist, cool. actually. It's so important. Yeah, yeah. So important. And, and, and they yeah. are really on me like, actually the couple of friends are like, you yeah. got to archive your stuff, yeah. you got to archive yeah, your, yeah, sure. all the posters of your, of your artworks yeah. and da 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 da. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important. And yeah. I think also, I think sometimes when it comes to like doing new nights, mm. people also, I don't know, this, this this compulsion, it's like to be the first. It's like, yeah. actually, you know, just not that long ago. Yeah. Like when, the, when, when those people, um, those people, when the London Lesbian Gay Centre, the new one, mm. and, and it was announced and everybody was like, but mm. didn't that, happened just <laughs> a couple of years ago yeah yeah i feel that kind of that constant need for rebranding and just not recognizing what's come before yeah you know there's a legacy there Stop is a legacy ways. and it's and i don't understand why people just you know you can, yeah. Google, you can literally yeah. google the london lesbian gay center you can ask some people mm. you could go to like bishop's gate archive and say what you know what's happened what clubs mm. have there been because i'm sure they have and i think have a big repository of like mm. club flyers and stuff you wow, know awesome. it's not hard to find it yeah, yeah if you yeah. if the attention is yeah. there yeah. yeah and then we talk about like intergenerational conversations which are important mm. sometimes it feels a bit forced but mm. actually you know it's we're a community yeah 100 percent. You know? I, agree. And I think it's important to kind of recognize that we are yeah. and although we are we all do different things and it's great i think there's a thread and there's yeah. a line yeah. that kind of yeah. connects us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was saying that earlier. I think that there's um, an experience that even though there might be differences and tangents and different ways you you come to where you are, there is a thread for sure, mm. definitely. Yeah. yeah, like my background as well, apart from DJing, I'm a history graduate. So oh, yeah. I looked at a lot of, yeah, archiving as well and history from below, they call it, where mm. we can use things as photos or music or poetry as mm. like sources. So I think it's super important that, that we're here and we yeah, do this. Yeah, we, because we, we, we're recording, you know, what's happening through different mediums. It's not yeah. just like, you 100%. know, one medium. We just, it's across the board. And we're not only just recording history for it to be in a book of about a battle yeah, yeah. of who won and who lost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's now it's like history that's actually for a different audience than mm. that stuffy sort of yeah, that sort of way of looking at things. So yeah. 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 Okay, so I wanted to ask you both, um, I mean, I'm 29 now, which is kind of a similar age to when you were both doing Precious Brown. And yeah, basically ask you both if you could speak to yourselves back then, what would you say? I was going to make a joke for <laughs> Go on. Joke's well, joke. Joke's go run. <laughs> run. Uh, I feel that. I don't know. I just feel like it was just... Don't panic would be my thing, probably. Well, enjoy it. Just yeah, enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. Have fun. You know, it wasn't like we were like, had a 
the journey in mind. Yeah. We mm-hmm. just wanted to like seize the moment and yeah. do something, you know, it's all very grassroots. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like, yeah, just if you've got an idea, go and do it. Find yeah. somewhere and doing you, it. And mm-hmm. also talk to me because you'll probably find someone who probably will do it with yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. Find your community. Find your community. Yeah. That's what I always yeah. say. Yeah. Are you here to that? Hey Chantel, how you doing? I'm very well, how are you? I'm good, it's so lovely to meet you. It's very lovely to meet you too, thank you for having me. Oh, listen, I'm just so kind of stoked that you've come on this journey with us to kind of dig into the archive and to meet two amazing women who have been at the forefront of clubbing and DJing. 100%. So tell me, how was it meeting Eileen and Marilyn? Well, it was... um it was an experience, it was a, a reflective experience for me, especially because I feel like with music, it's something that, you know, is quite integral to your life, to your growing up. It's not something you really think about. You don't really think about your relationship with it as often as maybe we should. So being able to speak to them both and then thinking about what music means to me, what music means to them, what music means to our community was an important uh, checkpoint, I think, for me at this point. So, yeah. And what did they what did they teach you? What did you learn from them about what music meant to them and it and it means to you? Because music means everything to me. Yeah. What did you learn from them? Um, I think what I learned from them is that if you are authentic, if you know what you want to share, if you know what you love, you should share it, and you should, um, yeah, you should you know make make your move to do that. You know, it's not it's not always enough. I'm not complaining about anyone that does just sit and listen to music at home. But if you have a talent, if you have um, an ethos, if you have something you want to share, you should share it. And that their, you know, objectives back then may have been just to enjoy, but they've actually birthed so much from that. So, yeah, it's kind of given me a bit of confidence in that sense as well. So one of the things that they did birth from their love of music was to create and start Precious Brown, you know, yeah. the club for black queer women. What about your conversation and them creating spaces stayed with you? What stayed with me is the importance of family, the importance of shared experience, the importance of valuing each other and the space to value each other and the space to come together and not only enjoy sound, but also it become a soundtrack for experience, for our stories, for our love. Many of the things that happen in a night or at a club or at an event, it's a, it's a social thing. That was very much highlighted to me, the um, importance of sharing space with friends as well and making new friends and stuff, yeah. I mean, I always think that we underestimate and downplay the importance of clubs social spaces but particularly clubs particularly the Mm. dance floor we don't take it seriously or give it the reverence I think that it deserves in our community because I think you're absolutely right it is about socializing and making friends but these are really safe spaces and I think particularly for queer women trans and non-binary folk these are really important how do you feel about the importance of those in our community today I do feel as though 
there are efforts being made to to try and create spaces that you know not although although everyone's experience isn't going to be the same there's probably going to be some sort of common thread that we can understand and it's kind of carving out spaces that a space for one queer person may not be the space for another queer person and it's having enough diversity within that I think that's that's very important I think that's what I'm kind of thinking more about now is that it's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to you know safe spaces and queer partying as well for sure yeah and so you're a DJ yourself (laughs) amazing at this spinning tunes and all the rest of it how was it to talk to people who were spinning and you know dropping tracks all those years ago I mean it is it is it's living history isn't it being able to have that conversation and not only it kind of gives you a sense of where you could be going because I know that I'm sat having this conversation with them now but they weren't at my age sat with anyone having that conversation so it's looking forward and looking back and then carrying both at the same time were you inspired to go and try new things and do new things yeah most definitely especially I think in the chat yeah, it's kind of there was a reflective moment about what would you say to yourself if you could speak to your thirty-year-old self or so, and it was kind of to just um, don't panic and just put down what you need to put down. That gave me, yeah, a, a definitely a confidence of you know, if like I said, if you're authentic and you know what you want to give and you know what you want to share, share it with your friends and then see what comes from that because this is now thirty years on and it's 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 you know it's paved the way for. I'd say, yeah, pretty much every queer, female, femme-focused event in um, in London, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I know that when Eileen and Marilyn and, you know, Yvonne Taylor and all the other pioneers of black queer spaces for women and femme people were de- developed, there were real challenges for them, you know. It was a real yeah. male-dominated space, yeah. you know. And even if we look around today, the DJs that get all of the noise mm. are men, cishet white men at yeah, that. of course, yeah. So what's, what, what's changed? Is anything different today? Do you get breaks? I think there are instances where people are getting breaks, whether or not it's the break that is... Is coming from a place of I don't know really how to explain this without you know I don't want to sound shady or anything because obviously anyone that gets a break I'm I'm all here for mm-hmm. but I do think there is a level of uh, corporate you know a, co- a corporate ideal behind why and I I would prefer in some senses if it was just out of the love rather than it being the corporate sense. Yeah, I mean that's always been the way, right? And so yeah. very often this is why. I'm a great believer in, you know, stop asking for a seat at the table, which wasn't made for you, and go out and create, and create. your own, right? Yeah, 100%. So with that in mind, are you going to go and create Precious Brand Part 2? Listen, I'll have some conversations. I, I'm, I'm ready. I think we're all ready for something new. I think we all need something new. I feel like as a community, we are not a stagnant community. We are always creating. We are always evolving. And I think that should be reflected in our party scene as well, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're on a great journey yourself and I want to hear you play out. And I'm also (laughs) hoping that, you know, in 20 years' time, you're sitting here with another young queer DJ and, you know, you've taught them how to play the decks. You've taught them how to mix tunes as well. And you sound like you had a wonderful conversation with these two icons of our black queer life and our social party scene. Mm -hmm. Was there anything you found challenging? Was there anything that you thought, oh, you know... That's, that's a bit unusual. 
There wasn't anything I found unusual. I actually kind of resonated quite a bit with their approach and that I think they mentioned talking about the focus of their event was for queer black women, but everyone was welcome. And I thought that was a nice way to to lead and to see where obviously prioritising a group and prioritising your, you know, who you've created the event for is important and also allowing the space for other people to come as well as long as they're respectful and they're friends of friends. I thought that was, I got that. And then also, yeah, just leading with, with the music. Um, when you lead with the music, I think everything else follows and there's a culture in music and there's a culture in the choices you make behind the music you pick. Yeah, so the day after I spoke to Aina Marilyn, I was actually out at an event I was playing at and someone came over to me and spoke to me quite frankly about how my work DJing had influenced their life and influenced their approach to events and to partying and to feeling safe and to coming somewhere and not feeling aggravated or stressed because they knew they were coming to hear something that felt like it was for them. Um, and that was super important to me to hear that. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, you sound like exactly the kind of DJ I want to be on the floor listening yeah. to totally. <laughs> so it's been wonderful to talk to you and thank you for going thank on that you. journey and meeting those two for us. Thank you so much for having me. I've been your host, Mark Thompson. The reporter in this episode was Chantelle Ayana. You can find the picture we've discussed in today's episode and all the images talked about throughout this podcast on Instagram at Black and Gay Back in the Day. And drop us a message if you have something you want to submit to the archive. A link will be available in the show notes. Coming up next week on Black and Gay Back in the Day. Um, and then my sister came along and just took that picture and I think it kind of epitomises the point in my life where I thought, yeah, oh, there's life, there's, there's, there's potential yeah, to be happy out there. Black and Gay Back in the Day is an Aunt Nell production based on the archive created by myself and Jason Okendeo. It is produced by Shivani Dave and Tash Walker and the assistant producer is Abby McIntosh. Mixing was by Adam Smith and the music was composed and performed by Amaru. Artwork was by Kemi Oliede. The executive producers were myself and the Art Nail team. Thanks to Content is Queen, The Glass House, The Audio Content Fund, Gadio, The Bishopsgate Institute and all of our contributors. A special thank you to all of those past and present who have fought for black queer liberation. Mm-hmm.